What's good, y'all? What's popping? Welcome back to another episode of the We Hate Sports Podcast, episode 112. I'm the moderator, Desi, and as always, I hope everyone had a great weekend. Weekend. This past weekend was the All-Star Game, but honestly, I didn't too much care for it. I was only focused on the WWE Elimination Chamber, which took place on Saturday. I won't get much into it, but I do love Roman Reigns, and I was happy to see him defend his title against the backstabber. Sammy Zayn. With WrestleMania 40 days away, uh, now at the time of this uh, recording, which is Monday, a lot of people, including our main co-host PC, think Roman loses his uh, title to Rose because it's quote-unquote time. But I will honestly have to disagree, and that isn't even me being biased. I just honestly feel the tribal chief shall once again prove everyone wrong and the coming of days. With that being said, let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the crew, starting with our only host here tonight, PC. You know, if I had a dollar for every single time I saw a girl simp over Roman Reigns, you know how much money I would have? Mr. Beast could not touch me. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, my name is PC. I'm feeling a bit under the weather for this week, but you know what? We're here. I did watch Elimination Chamber over the All-Star Game uh, this past weekend because it was in Utah. I mean, it was doomed from the start. And then they showed Carl Malone. It was even more doomed. I mean, thank goodness they didn't show John Stockton that there. Um, but, you know, it, we were in Utah this year. I hope you guys are all ready to enjoy the All-Star Game from Indiana next year. Well, what are we cooking? What are we cooking? So we're, <laughs> what are we cooking, bro? <laughs> NPC... I don't simp over Roman Reigns. I've been a Roman fan for an extremely sure. long time. I'm telling you, I've I'm sure. been an extremely Roman fan for a extremely long He's time. He's had a great run. Before it's time great, for him to drop it. Greatest storyline of the decade. I definitely agree. All right. Now we have Sean. Uh, they both mentioned PC and Desi had a mentioned All-Star Weekend. I'm very thankful and very happy that I did not have much time to watch it this weekend. I was big, busy with schoolwork, all of that kind of stuff. So I saw a little bit of the All-Star game, saw like 10 free layups in a row, and turned it right back off. Didn't watch the dunk contest, saw Dame Lillard go crazy in the three-point contest, but outside of that, seems like it was another boring All-Star weekend in just a year of it. Just feels like All-Star weekend is getting worse and worse every year. Some changes need to be made if we want to ever bring it back to where it once was, but I don't know if Adam Silver is ever going to do that. Yeah, All-Star game definitely has not been the same for years. All right, now we have Gianni. The All-Star game, the All-Star weekend was horrible, honestly. Overall, in my opinion. Um, also, too, with the players that were missing through, through injuries and everything, it, it was just awful. And, and I was going to be in Indiana next year. So I just don't know where they can go from here. And last but not least, we have Tolo. <sighs> you guys all touched on it. Terrible All-Star weekend, man. Terrible. It was so bad to the point where I was literally watching and everyone was just standing at the three-point line watching Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum go one-on-one. I mean, do you really think we paid, us fans, we paid to see that stuff? We did not pay to see that. We did not pay to see 10 free layups in a row. We did not pay for just free lanes dunking to the basket with zero defense. That's not basketball. That is disgusting. And it's so bad. 
how the NBA was painting Kyrie Irving to be this such a bad guy, but that same NBA was out there praising Pedo Malone. Pedo Malone. That's who y'all were praising. This is Adam Silver's league. This is this is this is what happens. This is Adam Silver's league, man. This is Adam Silver's league, and now it's in Indiana. I mean, it just can't get any worse, man. It just can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. Oh man, it's just it's so it's so bad, man. It's David Stern is turning over his grave right now because if he saw this from if he saw last night, man, nah, you have to do something, man. You have to do something at Adam Silver, something. Because I'm sick and tired of All Star Weekend being so boring and getting zero views, man, zero. All right, let's go ahead and take a preview until we begin into this week first. For our first segment, we will be going. We will be doing our weekly questions. Um, for segment two, for segment three, we will be playing a mini game called Over and Under NFL Free Agents, which is basically me giving each of our castmates a NFL free agent in this upcoming um, year, giving them a number, whether they will be making over that number or under that number, and then. My my personal favorite segment, which is hot takes, is next after that. And then finally, one final word from our uh, main co-host, PC, the Cairns Monologue. We have a couple of things to get into this week, uh, but if you haven't already, please follow us on our socials at We Hate Sports, all jammed together on TikTok and YouTube, and at WHS underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Let's go ahead and jump into our first segment, which is our weekly questions. Um, for our first question, it is the NBA All-Star Game was this past Sunday in Utah. Team Giannis vanquished Team LeBron in the game with Jason Tatum taking home uh, All-Star Game MVP with 55 points, the most points scored in the All-Star in All-Star Game history. How would you rate All-Star Game? How would you rate All-Star Game weekend on the scale of one to ten. PC, your thoughts first. Um, I I like I mentioned in in my opening statement, I watched Elimination Chamber over All Star Game this weekend. Like, there was just no buzz. Like, there was no interest. There was no real excitement to watch the All Star Game this year, and that is a problem indicative of where it's at for number one. Because you know, I, I respectfully, you know there are not a lot of people there and there are not a lot of NBA players that want to play in Utah. Um, there's nothing to do in Utah. The commentators for TNT and ESPN were quite literally slandering why this game was even in Utah to begin with. There's nothing to do there. Chuck was making jokes about it. Chuck, Charles Barkley was making jokes about it left and right. All right. I mean, I get, I get the idea of, bring a small market, you know, a big time event like the All-Star game and bless the NBA's heart because they tried to make it seem significant. They tried to make it feel big. You know, uh, I mean, they had Post Malone come out and perform. He brought out 21 Savage. Like, you know, they try, but even though you try, it doesn't mean it's going to come out great. And this All-Star game this entire weekend, it just wasn't great for the NBA from the celebrity game, which was all right. You know, not many people watch that to begin with to the skills competition. Um, 
the dunk contest, which we'll get to, was saved by one man, probably. Um, and you had the actual All-Star game, which, you know, there weren't there were so many injuries to begin with. Um, you know, LeBron didn't play, Giannis didn't play, KD didn't play, uh, which I think really affected it well, of course. Um, it, it just, it fell flat. It fell flat. Maybe that's because of all the things I mentioned, but I just wasn't excited this year. I really wasn't excited this year. And then you did my boy, Joel, and beat Dirty to top that all off. You know, so, have, of course, of course, you know, I'm going to take it personally uh, from, from that perspective. It just, eh, it was eh. It was a, it was a three. What more you want me to say? Uh, yeah, as I said in the introduction, didn't watch too much of it. From the clips on Twitter and the little bit that I did see on my TV, seemed like the three-point contest was good, but I feel like the three-point contest is, like, one of the most consistent aspects of it. Like, that, it's pretty hard to mess up the three-point contest. It was another good year of that. Dunk contest was a lot better than last season, because last season was maybe the worst one ever. But still not, you know, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine level. Well, unfortunately, never see that again. Um, but it was still better, was an improvement, but then it came, when it comes to the actual game, it was maybe, definitely the worst one in years, maybe the worst one ever, 0.0 defense was played, it was literally a layup line, I saw a clip on Twitter of John Morant pressing up on defense on the perimeter, the second he, uh, the, uh, on the player, I think it might have been Luka, drove to the paint, just stopped trying, just stood there, uh, no defense played whatsoever, which I'm not asking them to play, Game 7 of the NBA Finals defense, but at least trying would make the game a little bit more interesting. Overall, this was not a good All-Star weekend. Maybe a little bit better than last year's, but it just was not entertaining whatsoever. I'm glad I skipped it for the most part. I'd give it a 4 out of 10. Um, the three-point contest was was great, I feel, in my opinion. The dunk contest was better than the last couple of seasons, I feel. not Not much improvement, really. Um, the skills challenge was a mess, honestly. Uh, I was seeing some clips of it. It was like a mess. I think um, Giannis and his brothers went like scored like zero points or something like that overall. So it was that was like like a mess. The game overall, game overall was not entertaining. There was no like buzz to it. I I felt like the game two was a little bit of a blowout. I, I turned off after the first half really. There was like nothing, nothing intriguing really to it. Um, if I have to rate this All Star Weekend, I'd probably just give it like a four and a half because the three point contest and I feel like the dunk contest made it, you know, saved it a little bit the entire weekend. But overall, is they need to find a way to to fix this, improve certain areas, play defense a little bit, like. It, it, it's just a mess because like two years ago, two or three years ago, I think the one in 2020 and 2021, those were like down to the wire, like exciting and everything. And, and now it's just, you know, a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ratings were like, our ratings were too high. It was, it was a two for me, man. The only thing I enjoyed was three point contest. That was pretty, pretty intense. I love seeing Tyler Hero stink it up the joint. That is someone's in here's favorite franchise player. Kind of kind of sad, but I love seeing Tyler Hero stink it up. It was really entertaining. But um, obviously, Damian Lillard won that. And the dunk contest, it was just ran by one person, Mac McClung. 
who's in the Sixers G League, by the way. I mean, if you watched, like, if you grew up watching Mac McClung in Gate City High School, you wouldn't know that he was he was a good dunker. Now, other than that, other than Mac, man, the dunkers were just, they, they were not good. I mean, you saw Jericho Simmons. I mean, <laughs> Jericho Simmons, man, when he... He had the whole stadium silent after that one dunk, man. And he thought he deserved the 50 after that one dunk. Man, it was it was terrible. And then the All-Star game, it was just, oh, my goodness. They were just, it, there was no defense, no nothing. I remember a Kobe Bryant quote I saw today. He said, the All-Star game is about competitiveness. It's about the best basketball players in the world playing not game seven defense but going at each other for the fans for the fans you really think the fans paid all that money to come out to watch you guys have a layup line a layup line they go harder in their workouts than they did than they did yesterday man they did it yesterday it's just it's, I, I don't understand man it was and and the fact that the NBA was just praising just Carl Malone and all those people, man. Just makes me so mad, man. It just makes me upset. Like those are the same NBA players that painted Kyrie as some bad guy, but all weekend long they were praising Carl Malone. If you know about Carl Malone, you know about Carl Malone. I'm not gonna say it on the show, but if you know about him, he does, he's not a person that should be celebrated. In fact. He's a person that shouldn't even be in the NBA community at all. At all. He shouldn't be near the NBA community. But it's what it is. At least I get to see my boy Burna Boy perform and my girl Tens perform. Those are the only two things I liked about the All-Star game. It was the halftime show. Fix your product, Adolph Silver. Fix your product. It's cooked. It's crashed. You need to fix your product. It's not good. David Stern would never let this happen. Never, ever fix your product. Um, one thing told me a lot of compelling points right there. One thing I do want to add, um, you know, there's got to be a discussion between the owners and, you know, the Players Association about events like this, man. Like, we, I think, as as the people, as the fans, like, want what's best for us. Um, and, you know, I, I can get to an extent the players trying to accommodate for them. Because at the end of the day, they're doing what, you know, a lot of us can't do, or at least can't do well. Um, you know, they get paid millions for a reason. I get that. We all get that. It becomes an issue when you see something like that in the All-Star game, when... There are literally coaches and players saying that is the worst game of basketball they have ever seen and played before in their entire lives. That's an issue, okay? That's a complete issue. Like, there should be there should be no reason why the All Star Game wasn't more competitive than what it actually was. There were players literally begging at the end of the game, you know, on the bench for the guys on the court to start playing defense, bro. That's how bad it got. There needs to be a discussion with the owners and the players about how they can, how the players can accommodate to the fans more. Because I, I feel like there's there it's been like 80-20 for quite a long time now. It needs to be more like 60-40, um, if you're asking me. 
I, I, that's how I feel. As a fan, personally, I get frustrated watching something like the All-Star Game and All-Star Game Weekend. Like, it should be, there should be no reason why The Miz, of all people, The Miz hit a half-court shot at the end of the Celebrity All-Star Game. More people were talking about that than the actual All-Star Game. And the basket, they even count. All right. Question two. Matt McClung took home the Sprite Slum Doug Contest trophy this year with a dazzling performance. Did his performance single-handedly save the Slum Dunk Contest? Um, Sean, your thoughts first. Um, at least from the dunks I saw, no. He had a good performance for sure. I think most other years, he probably doesn't even win the entire thing. I think this year he had very little competition. Last year he probably wins because there was even worse competition. Most of the previous years, I don't think he wins that year. So he had a good performance for sure. Do I think he saved it? Do I think he carried it? No, I, I don't. I still don't think it was a specifically great dunk contest. Yeah, like Sean basically said, um, I think he performed well, but like in other years, of course, he wouldn't win. Uh, I felt like he he created a little bit of a buzz in the dunk contest. But still, it needs a lot more improvement. Uh, we need better players that can actually um, do like spectacular dunks. Um, hopefully, there's much better players next the next one because every every these last couple of dunks contests have been pretty bad. So hopefully, there's a change. Uh, I think he, he he should be in the next one with three other players are actually much better, and I think it should be a little bit more of an improvement next year. Um, If you're speaking, if we're speaking specifically on this year, I'm going back to watch the slam dunk contest for Matt McClung. All right. You, you, and maybe it's because I could say that, oh, look, I'm going to make that. I'm gonna, look, I'm going to make the joke before any of you can. It looks like the Sixers finally won a trophy. Okay, a Sixers player finally got a trophy for the city of Philadelphia. All right, so we could celebrate something. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Roy was he, he did have a really good performance. Um, I, I think he saved it this year. He made it entertaining for people this year. I don't think he saved it overall um, because you still have the issue for next year and two years from now and three years from now and in years past. Um, you know, we need more players like Matt McClung in the slam dunk contest. But the problem with guys like Matt McClung is that we're never going to actually see him get significant minutes in an actual NBA game. I think that's one thing that makes the NBA slam dunk contest so compelling. Like it's guys that we see in these games getting significant minutes. And, you know, there it turns out that they're really good dunkers too. Um, and that's something that, once again, it's just, it's not what the players are giving us. Um, you know, we're getting to a point where Silver has to consider paying guys like John Morant and Zion Williamson to start participating in slam dunk contests just so we can have some ratings, have some fun for the fans. Like, that's what's been missing for so long with a lot of these players. Like, they just... I get it. Like, if you want to be healthy, if, you know, you want to do that out of the kindness of your heart, you know, you want to take your health first, okay, fine. But it's a slim dunk contest. It's not like you're going out there and doing anything outrageous. I mean, I'm pretty sure that 
the half the dunks that they do in the dunk contest every year are dunks that they'd be doing after practice or before practice. So it's not like they're doing anything outrageous, not doing anything that's going to ultimately harm their body. So it's, unless it's a freak accident, um, you know, that's that's one option for me. Just start paying, you know, superstar players to start participating in these matches. Another option that I'm really shocked that they haven't thought of yet. Bring back past champions. Bring back past champions. Yeah, Matt, Matt McClung should be in the slam dunk contest next year. You know, bring back Zach Levine. Hell, bring back runner-ups like Aaron Gordon, who's been robbed a bit so many times. You know, bring back a, a, a throwback guy like Jason Richardson to do the slam dunk contest. That's already more compelling than what they've been giving us. Jericho Sims literally had players and coaches and fans silent, dead silent after his dunk. And he can't even pull out the paper without ripping it up to show that it's a busted up 50. Okay. Uh, like you say, you don't feel bad about it. You should feel bad about it, dude. That shit was ass. Excuse my French. It was ass. Body cheeks. You, you moved nobody with that dunk. And that's what we're putting on for the fans to see. So once again, it goes back to people wanting, you know, more from these players that we're just not getting right now and it's the most annoying thing in the world um but to circle back to a question i, I don't think matt McClung single-handedly saved the slim dunk contest um i think he just may entertain for this year dc touched it um pat matt mcclung you know he may save it this year but overall it was terrible but he didn't save it for the rest of the years i mean like he said pc already touched on it you need to start paying these players to, to participate more because there's absolutely no reason why these other, these subpar dunkers should be participating, man. And you know what I've else I've noticed about All-Star Weekend? The stars are not there anymore. They're not there. There's no more stars Where's the LeBrons? Where's KD? Where's Kyrie? Where's Luca? Where's Joel Embiid? The only person, only star I saw there was Giannis, and he was just, he was just roasting Grant Williams, bro. It was Grant Williams and Jose, uh, what, what's his name? The guy from the Pelicans. What's his Alvardo. name? Alvarado. Alvarado. Yeah. Jose Alvarado and Grant Williams. Alvarado. Alvarado and Grant Williams were courtside. No one wants to watch oh, that. They want to see the stars out. You saw you got Pascal Siakam with the with that one camera thinking he's Shaq. Like, man, what 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 is this? What is this project? Adolf Silver is cooking for us, man. You're not cooking. I mean, pay Zach Levine, pay Aaron Gordon. Hell, even LeBron James at 38 years old is still a better dunker than everyone that participated this weekend. Give him a max contract. Give him more money. And give the give Zion. Give them money, man. We want a good dunk contest again. Make the dunk contest great again, man. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. Sick of this. I want to jump in um for one second about like the star players not showing up. Like also too, like you know the players that are like injured and miss, you know, the dunk contest. I didn't see those players at all in the All Star Weekend. They should have been there and, and at least support. And and the lack of stars there is is just it, it's becoming less and less now, really. 
Grant Williams is courtside at the dunk contest, man. That's just that's just sad. Sad. <laughs> All right. Now far, final question. Um, with the NFL officially in the offseason, what is the biggest storyline to watch? Gianni, your thoughts first. My biggest storyline, I feel um the AFC to me. It's just loaded, of course, and everything. And it looked like Aaron Rodgers is going to come to the AFC as well. So I think the biggest storyline coming out of that conference is going to be um, can the Chiefs do it again? And with Cincinnati being there, and yes, I could include Buffalo, but I don't think Buffalo will be in that in that championship game. But like Cincinnati is their biggest threat. I think we're we're looking at a situation that if Aaron Rodgers comes to the AFC, I don't think that's gonna make much big of a difference depending what team he goes to. But you you look at um, the Chiefs and Bengals as one and two right now. There could be other teams like Jacksonville takes the next step, uh, be a contender. Um, I don't know what Baltimore is doing with Lamar and everything. I think the Chargers. If they can't stay healthy and put it together, I, I just don't see um, them being too much of a factor. So I think it's going to be like the back and forth between Cincinnati and Kansas City. They're going to play in Kansas City next season, the regular season, and they could very well play again in the championship game. So my storyline right there is can Kansas City do it again with some of these teams right around their corner, basically. You know, there was a really good belly boy that you made, Gianni, like with the AFC and the NFC. I was going to say about how uh, the Eagles and the Chiefs sustain their success because they both have allowed key free agents uh, this offseason. Um, but the NFC uh, as a whole, there were only two legitimate teams that I think people could pick out to beat the Eagles this past season. Um, and with Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving to go to the AFC, Tom Brady's retired now. Um, my biggest thing is who's going to step up in the AFC now? Because, you know, there's obviously the Detroit Lions, you know, but we all know Jared Goff is the answer to that team. Um, you know, you're going to have the Eagles, you're going to have the Cowboys, you're going to have the Niners, you know, the Giants are going to ultimately be in that conversation too, you know, because of how wide open everything is right now. And then you might have the Vikings here and there, the Bears, if they can get weapons, true weapons around Justin Fields, and then that's it. There, There isn't really any stiff, strong competition that I see in the NFC right now for teams like the Eagles and the Niners. Uh, so that that's probably the one of the biggest storylines I see because, you know, who's going to step up? Who's going to step up? Uh, will it be a, a team that we see, you know, maybe out of the NFC South, uh, maybe a team like the Falcons who, you know, I think could have made the playoffs last year had not been for Tom Brady. Uh, is it going to be a new team like the Panthers that have Frank Wright, you know, a, a new regime is there right now? Uh, are we going to see a, a team like the Lions make a deep run in the playoffs? Or uh, maybe maybe we see a, a dark horse surprise team like, I, I don't know, let's say the, the commanders come out of absolutely nowhere to make a, a difference with Sam Howell as their starting quarterback. Uh, I think the the conference as a whole is so wide open than it's been in the last few years. 
Uh, we know how stiff the competition is going to be in the AFC. I'm more interested to see who comes out of the AFC, who's going to make a challenge to a team like the Niners and Eagles for next season. Because, um, yeah, it's very much wide open right now. Obviously, the biggest story is Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean that's all the NFL really talks about these past couple of days. I mean, yeah, sure, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but um, at this point in the career, Lamar Jackson is getting more news because he's the more younger quarterback and more, you know, you know, more in his prime. Aaron Rodgers is a little, he's aging a little bit, so. Depending on Lamar, I feel like wherever Lamar goes, that team is a Super Bowl contender, whether it be the Ravens or somebody else, somewhere else. But everyone is watching where Lamar Jackson goes because, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson's a top five, top three quarterback in the NFL. And um, they want to know where a top five, top three quarterback is going to go, where who's going to pay him his money. So I think... Wherever Lamar Jackson goes is where is where everyone's gonna follow at. So that's just me though. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, but at this point in their careers, it's obviously Lamar Jackson getting more headlines. So I was between two answers for this question. One of them, Cholo just talked about Lamar Jackson, where he ends up going, if he ends up staying in Baltimore, how much money he ends up signing for, if he ju- just has to play on the franchise tag. But Tolu said that, so I'm going to go to my other option. I think the other biggest biggest storyline of the offseason is what the Chicago Bears do with the number one overall pick. There's a bunch of different options that they have in front of them. Some people think they might or maybe even should draft a quarterback number one, whether it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, maybe even Anthony Richardson, number one overall, and trade Justin Fields. Me, personally, I wouldn't take that route. I still do believe in Justin Fields. I still think he's flashed some great potential, but he still needs a lot of work to get to where he can be. But I think it's still worth to invest in him, build a team around him, and see what he can do before you move on and try again. So I don't think they should or will draft a quarterback. Uh, other t- other options, they can sit there, take two of the ar- arguably franchise-changing defensive line talents, in Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter, both of them are elite talents, have so much potential, can be game changers the, sec- the second they step on an NFL field. So that's certainly a great option for them. Another one that they could take, they could trade back, which I think was the best option, in my opinion. I think there's going to be multiple suitors looking to move up for one of these quarterbacks, and I think they're going to overpay. I think they could get close to a Trey Lance-level deal where the— I think the 40, no, the Dolphins got three first round picks to move back from number three overall. Uh, so I think they can get something at least close to that. And if they can, I think that's absolutely the best path they can take. The absolute best case scenario is combining number two and number three together. Trade back, add more assets, collect picks so you can surround Justin Fields with talent while also not going too far back where you still end up with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Which is why, if I'm making a prediction for what happens in this storyline, I think they're going to trade back to number four overall with the Indianapolis Colts. They're going, The Colts are going to be moving up for a quarterback. Whoever that is remains to be seen. It really could be anybody. Uh, and the Bears will have number four overall, draft one of the game-changing defensive line talents, have a stockpile of picks to surround Justin Fields, and be much better off for the present and the future. 
All right. That wraps up this segment. All right. And now it's time for our second segment, which is our little mini game um, called Over and Under NFL Free Agents. So for our first free agent, PC, do you feel quarterback Lamar Jackson should make over or under $50 million annually? I'm going to say over. Um, I know that's high per QB, but if anybody has earned um if anybody has deserved if anybody has needed uh his money um by now it's it's lamar jackson and um it's the ravens i mean the ball's been in the court for months now i i i this team is nothing without lamar i'm, I'm just keep it straight straight up like he, this baltimore ravens team is simply nothing without lamar jackson pay that man all the money in the world and put weapons around him finally, so you could finally try to win a championship for that city. So I'm going over. All right, Sean. Do you feel uh, defensive tackle Javon Hargrave should make over or under 15 mil um, annually? Uh, this is a tough one. He did play a big part with the Eagles making the Super Bowl. I believe he might have. I think he had over 10 sacks this season. Is that correct? Yeah, so as, as a pass rusher, he's absolutely one of the best pass rushing defensive tackles in the NFL. He's not great in the running game, especially for someone who plays the nose tackle position a lot, not just a normal three-tech or even defensive end position. For a defensive tackle, he's really not great against the run. Uh, but the pass rusher alone makes him worth a big amount of salary. And pass rushers get paid more than run stoppers. That's what he's there to do. He's there to get to the quarterback and bring them down. So I do think he's going to be worth more than $15 million a season just because of how good of a pass rush he is from the interior position. All right, Tolu. Do you feel safety Jesse, Jesse Bates should make um, over or under 18 mil a year? I'm going to say over because he's a young upcoming safety. He's one of the best safeties in the league right now. And uh, he's a big part of that Bengals secondary. And it will be very, very bad if they lose him for sure. So I'm going to say over. I think he might go to Atlanta, though, honestly, because they have a lot of cap space. So he might go to the Falcons. And, I just, and I'm just i not just saying that just he gets, gets away from the Bengals. Just, no, I'm, I'm lying. Of course I'm saying that so he can get away from that fraud city in Cincinnati so he can go to a team that notices him and not the stupid Bengals. Okay. Uh, Gianni, do you feel the yeah. rest? Linebacker Levante David uh, should make eighteen over or under eighteen million a year. I would say, I would say one mil, one more million dollars. I say like nineteen million around there, nineteen and a half million um, per year. Um, he's thirty three years old. Uh, I think it will be like a two three year deal around there, um, wherever he signs. I don't think he's gonna come back to Tampa. All right, PC, do you feel quarterback Derek Carr should make over or under $45 million a year? I'm going to go under. Uh, he underperformed this past season. Uh, you know, whoever pays him, whether it be the Saints or the Jets, uh, they know he's not the answer going forward. Uh, I don't think he's the answer going forward. Uh, if he does, wherever he goes, he's going to end up being on that team for like two, three years. Um, I know he's going to have a lot to prove and, you know, 
he's going to try to prove me wrong this season, but it all depends on how, how well he plays. Uh, but right now, if you're asking me if he's worth $45 million, no, I'm going to say under. All right, Jenny, coming right back to you. Um, do you feel Daniel, quarterback Daniel Jones should make um, over or under $40 million a year? Um, to me, I would say under, I feel. Um, but I would like um, the Giants to pay him over, you know, to screw him up. And screw Sean up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say over, just to, to screw Sean really. <laughs> okay, um, Tolu, do you feel running back Saquon Barkley should make over or under 16 million a year? Man, this is tough because you just don't want to pay overpay running backs. You just you just cannot overpay a running back. So, and you already know I love Saquon. That's that's a Penn State legend. Unfortunately, he has to be on the same shit. Unfortunately, he just has to be on the Giants. And I can't stand that because Sean roots for the Giants. And y'all know I do not like Sean. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a little over because it's Saquon. He's probably the best running back in the NFL right now. So I'm gonna say a little over. But I got a hot take for y'all coming up. Just, just wait. Just wait for my hot take. I'm one this team that I'm gonna say is gonna overpay for Saquon, and Sean is going to cry. Just wait. All right, um, Sean, do you feel running back Josh Jacobs should um, get paid over or under fourteen million per year? Um, I'm going to go under. I'm not a big believer in paying running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if he went over, but me personally, I would not give Josh Jacobs over $14 million. Only three running backs are getting paid over $14 million right now. One of them is Ezekiel Elliott. He's probably going to get cut, so that'll leave really two running backs making that much, just Chris McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Most of the running backs are in that $12 million range. I think that's much more appropriate for Josh Jacobs. $14 million for Josh Jacobs and even for Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. It's probably just a little bit too much. I don't think you know, the second running back contracts just almost never work out. We've seen it with Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, many others. It just never works out for the team. I think they're better off moving on, drafting his replacement, or even getting a cheap guy in free agency. Both of those, we know running backs can be replaced. I think that's a better option than paying Josh Jacobs over $14 million for the Raiders. All right, Jenny, do you feel office alignment Mike McGlinchey should make over or under $15 million a year? I think that's the right number for him. I think like fifteen million. It can probably go a little bit more, like two million more per year. But I think um, he's a great offensive tackle. Um, he's important for the 49ers and everything. Um, so I, I say around fifteen to seventeen million a year for him, around that range. All right, and last one, um, PC. Do you feel Geno Smith, quarterback Geno Smith? Should make over or under forty million per year. Oh, this one is so hard because he he really worked hard to get even just a second chance in Seattle. Um, I'm a I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over. I I think he earned that. Uh, I I don't know how much success he's going to actually have. Uh, you know, going forward. Um, but I think. For the very least, you know, he's just one of those players that if you do overpay, um, he at least earned that overpay. 
but that's always the hardest part when it comes to paying these, you know, kind of players like Geno Smith. Um, it may work out. It may not work out. I don't know if I would do it personally, but I think Seattle might do it. So I would say over. All right, guys. With that, that um, concludes this segment. And it's now time to enter my personal favorite segment, which is Hot Takes. Uh, but before we give ours, PC, can you please play our WHS Fan Hot Take of the Week? Yes, sir. If you want to send your opinion on Hot Take for the Week as well, don't uh, be afraid to DM us on our socials or even our podcast socials. Just hit us up. We're, we're not busy. Just just send in a submission, what you think is going to happen, a hot take that you think is scorching, because we like them scorching, we like them controversial here at WHS. So, uh, yeah, let's play the Hot Take of the Week. Hey, man, it's your boy, Ben, from Baltimore, Maryland, repping the Ravens and Orioles, of course, and the OKC Thunder. And this is your WHS fan hot take of the week. Now, this take won't make a few of my Lakers fans mad on, on the podcast, but it's okay. My fan take is that the Thunder beat out the Lakers and a few other teams for the playing spot this year. Did he say the Thunder? Mm. He said the Thunder going to beat out the Lakers in a playing spot? Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Oh wow. That is a hot take. It is. That is a hot take. I like if, the if the Lakers still had Russell Westbrook, I would say I would agree with him. <laughs> if the Lakers I, still the had thing. Russell Westbrook, I would say yes. That's but. the thing. I don't know if the Thunder can beat. Well, I mean, they did beat y'all. It's they one game. Y'all. That's they the beat us. Thing, that wait, it's one wait, game. PC, but do we have this team? No, we did not. We, it, that's why I, I was going to say. Totally, totally different team. They are I, I a different team. It's going to be there with I, the Lakers. But it's, it's, you can see it. Every, like, even the second game, you can see the chemistry slowly building. The first game we all played together, the chemistry, it's I mean, it's going to come. Time, though. It's yeah. going to be there in time, though. I believe so. I'm, I mean, Let's I personally don't feel like we're going to win the, the championship. The that the Lakers have, I feel like they we can make fit. playoffs. They fit. They got shooting now. They got length. Well, so it's not that. like. And it, it, it all depends on Anthony Davis's health and LeBron's health. Yeah. But it should work. Like this, this Lakers team on paper, it should work. But yeah. all, like you said, it depends on AD's health. It depends on LeBron's health. And right now, um, AD hasn't exactly been playing like the guy he was before he got initially hurt this season. Um, and then LeBron's ankle is not getting any better. You know, so if, if you're telling me that you now have to depend on guys like the NBA. PC, he had, PC, he, had two, he had two bad games. I, two I'm bad saying, games, I'm, I'm and now it's the I, end of the world for AD. AD in terms, in AD terms of AD, Anthony so, Davis, knowing what we know, how capable Anthony Davis is, he has not been playing up to his potential. He came, yes, right. he did. Our most he recent hasn't been games, playing PC, to his yes, potential he, the last like the last like two weeks of the season. AD has not been playing oh up to his potential. He hasn't. Uh, he hasn't. PC. I want to jump in. He had two bad games. Say, Stop um, it. Go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead, Johnny. Um. I don't think the Lakers. I don't know if the Lakers are going to make the plan. I feel, but I think they're better set next season than than this season. The rest yes. of this season, I think, yes. um, upcoming next season, I think they're they're probably a, a top five seed, honestly. Um, but this season, 
I, I could see them making the plan, but I don't see them going that far. Between I the fact – or yeah, I just want to say something quick. Between the fact that it's one game and anything can happen in one game, we can't trust AD's health. Even LeBron's starting to get banged up. And as much as the Russell Westbrook trade absolutely did improve this Lakers team, I still don't think it had solved every issue that the Lakers have. I don't think the chemistry is going to be there. Not sure if Darvin Ham is that guy to lead them where they need to go. So I still think they have a couple flaws that I'm not sure is going to get fixed, at least this season, maybe not even next season. I This season, like I was going to say next, if you have to depend on Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley to hit like key shots in, in the fourth quarter, say in like a game against the Thunder, you know, where Shea has been amazing and he's elevated all of his teammates around him. I, I'm taking the Thunder because at least there's there's you know chemistry there. At least they've been playing together longer. And, you know the Lakers just simply haven't been playing together as long. All right, and you know there's still players on there that just aren't as nearly as consistent as they need to be thus far. This season specifically, I don't know. I, I think that Van Hotek's valid. I think that Van Hotek can actually happen. For sure, for sure. Anyways, um. With their first hot take of the week, um, Sean. All right. So I think it was today. Maybe it was yesterday. The Russell Westbrook news got announced. Kind of in a phase. Uh, anyways, recently the Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Clippers news got announced. A lot of people are seeing the name Russell Westbrook and assuming it's the team killer Russell Westbrook. He's going to make the Clippers so much worse. I'm not buying that. Russell Westbrook in his career has made one team worse. The, the Lakers, the most recent example. And, of course, with it being the most recent example, that's what's freshest in everybody's mind. Not what happened in the Wizards. Did they make the finals and compete for a championship? No, but that team was never going to compete for a championship. He made that Wizards team a lot better than they would have been without him. Same for the Rockets, and, of course, same for the Thunder, where he had his MVP-level seasons. Uh, so I think he can improve this Clippers team. I don't think the fit is as bad as people are making it seem. They have much better shooters than he did on the Lakers. Much better coaching. Tyron Lue is one of the best coaches in the NBA. So with all of that surrounding, I do think he's going to play better than he did on the Lakers. Hopefully he'll have more confidence. Hopefully he'll be more efficient at the rim. I'm not expecting him to start hitting jump shots all of a sudden. But he was uncharacteristically missing layups and dunks on the Lakers. That's confidence. Hopefully with a new team, a new environment, He'll get that confidence back up, become a better finisher. We know he can get to the rim. It's just about finishing there. We know he's still one of the best playmakers in the league, even with his turnover problem. Even including that, he still is one of the better playmakers in the league. With all these assets, I do think he's going to make the Clippers better. I do think he's going to take them to at least the second round, maybe even the Western Conference Finals, or even further. I don't know. I think this Clippers team is very talented, very deep. I think they have the chance to compete for a championship with Russell Westbrook. How far can you trust Russell Westbrook in come playoff time? You can't. I, I think it depends past. on what you're asking for him. If you're asking him to hit big shots, like from three, like the Thunder and the Rockets, that. that's not going to work out. I don't think he has to do that with the Clippers. Exactly. I don't think he has to. I think all they're going to ask him to do is be the one thing that they were missing all season, a true point guard that can play make the ball, hit open shooters, and throw lobs to the big men. It's but all he's going he to be asked to do. I think he can, yes. Thank you. But he do couldn't that. do that with us. That's what I'm saying. It, I, I, I with a clogged, a more clogged paint, worse coaching, setting him up, less confidence because all the fans are hating him. 
Sean, he before, when Sean, Sean, when he even came into LA, he was extremely welcome. West Westbrook was already playing bad. Like y'all trying to act like, oh, when the when everybody starts talking about Westbrook, that's when he started playing bad. That's not true. That's y'all act, y'all act like this Westbrook hey started with LA and it didn't. This started all the way back in OKC. So Westbrook come on. plays good on what? Well, Westbrook play, plays great on bad teams. Okay, that's how he he elevated the he Wizards. He played great to play on up. good teams too in Oklahoma City Who? and Houston. In Oklahoma what did City, Houston do? Yeah, what James Harden and KD. He? You know, he it didn't. So work he does out play good on great teams. It, 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 no, it, 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 it didn't win, really work out in Houston. That only lasted one season yeah. because of uh, he got injured. I don't think that's fair to blame on him and say he played even bad when on they the was team. In a, even when they was in a bubble and they faced us, the Lakers wasn't even guarding Westbrook because he was injured he and couldn't, couldn't attack shoot. the rim and didn't. Yes, it didn't he, matter if you gave oh him a wide open lane. Is he was he injured when he was on the Lakers? No, he played bad on the Lakers, and that's on him. But that's the one example. So we can stop making it a career-defining thing that he never played good on good teams. He was good on the Thunder when they made the finals. He was good on the Thunder when they made the Western Conference Finals. He was good on the Rockets when they had the best offense in the league, or at least one of the best offenses in the league, before he got injured. I'll say this. I'll say this about, about Russ. As long as he understands his role and he doesn't try to play Superman because he has this, like, Idea of he got to play Superman or exactly. to have this team keep me for another season. Okay. You don't have to be Superman on the Clippers, all right? When you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you can easily both take the last shots at the end of the game. You know, like you said, Sean, they just need a true point guard. And I still think even throughout Russ's career, even when he was with the Lakers, he was still a good playmaker when he had players around him that could do their job as well. Um, you know, and this Clippers roster is still fairly deep, so... I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I, I, I trust Russ as far as the second round. Um, when it comes to if the Lakers can get past the second round, that's when I, I want to start questioning how far can you really trust Russell Westbrook. But uh, at least for now, this is the guy that the Clippers have wanted for the entire season. All right. Uh, Gianni, you have to take it away. Um, I'm going to go with the NBA as well. Um, with the Western Conference so like out of like I don't know how to explain the Western Conference this season. I know KD now is on the Suns. Kyrie is on the Mavs. So for my hot take, um, I think it's going to be a Clippers and Sun um, Western Conference Finals. Um, this is going to be a rematch of 2021. Um, um, I just think these two teams are just in a collision course right now. As long as, as both teams stay healthy, because that, that's the question mark. Both teams are a little bit banged up, basically. Especially the Suns, because uh, KD hasn't uh, returned yet. Um, Booker, like, you know, is nicked up a little bit, especially to CP3 with his injuries this season. But I feel like that's the Western Conference Finals. And I feel that Western Conference Finals is going to go down to the wire. And it's going to come down to... Who's going to hit the last shot? If it's KD or it's Kawhi. And I feel like whoever wins that series is probably going to win the title this year. All right, Tolu, your hot take for the week. Okay. My hot take is going to make Sean so angry, but I, I, I love seeing Sean suffer. Makes me so happy. My hot take is 
Saquon Barkley is going to leave the New York Giants and he is going to sign with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills desperately need Saquon Barkley. That's who they need. Their running backs are not good. They could not run the ball for a lick in that in that semi against the Bengals. It was so terrible. And the Bengals' run defense is cheeks. It's terrible. So the Bills, they need someone like Saquon. If the Bills get Saquon Barkley, I think they can make the AFC championship championship game next year. But they got to fix that running back room. They need to get Saquon Barkley. They need Saquon more than and more than the Giants do. I'm not gonna lie. They need Saquon Barkley because because Dalvin Cook's little brother and, and and Singleton is not going to cut it in the playoffs. But Saquon with Josh Allen. With Stephon Diggs, with Gabe Davis, and they need to improve that defense because besides Von Miller, it's it, it's trash, it's it's garbage, it's anything. They couldn't even get pressure on Joe Burrow. So what the Bills need, they are going to sign Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is gonna go to the better New York team. Sean is going to suffer. They're going to overpay Daniel Jones. They're not going to get any receivers. And Brian Dable is going to be on fraud watch next year when the Giants don't make the playoffs. Because then we all laugh at Sean. And Sean suffers. Sean gets to keep his mouth shut. And we love that. And I will praise. I will praise the most high that Sean gets to suffer. We all love seeing Sean suffer. PC loves seeing Sean suffer. He's an Eagles fan. So does Gianni. We all know Gianni loves seeing Sean suffer. We all love seeing Sean suffer, man. And that's, and if the Bills get Saquon Barkley, we're all going to see Sean suffer because the Giants are not going to make the playoffs. Brian Dable is going to be on fraud watch. His Mickey Mouse playoff run is over. You played the two worst divisions in the league, buddy. You're, you're on fraud We beat you. Watch. Huh? Just want to remind you, we beat you. Oh, I don't care. We're not talking about my Ravens anymore, Sean. We're talking about your Giants and how you guys are not going to make the playoffs next year when you lose Saquon and you overpay Daniel Jones. Because I don't know if y'all see the report. Daniel Jones is wanting like, what, $65 million. Who does Daniel Jones think he is? Does he think he's Patrick Mahomes or something just because of this Mickey Mouse playoff run? No, my you're you're not worth $65 million, buddy. You're not that guy, man. You're not that guy. Okay? You they're gonna overpay him because you know the Giants, what are the Giants gonna get? They're not gonna get a, a quarterback. What are they what quarterback they gonna get? maybe Anthony Richardson, but I think he's going top five. So you're done, Sean. You have no other choice. You're gonna overpay Daniel Jones and you're gonna like it and you're gonna lose Saquon Barkley. And we all get to see Sean suffer because that what feeds families. Sean suffering. All right, all right. Let, let me get my response in. Um, I'm having as a trouble. Win-win scenario. I see this as a win-win situation. I, I just want to point that out. I'm having uh, trouble determining the dumbest thing you just said, 
dumbest thing. How it was that probably dumb? the Brian Dable on Fraud Watch because that was absolutely, absolutely. insane. He's the coach yeah. of the year. He's fraud a great watch. coach. He's not going on Fraud Watch anytime soon. I don't know if it was that or the fact he that she said that our division. running back room is terrible. Obviously, you don't watch our games, and obviously, you would, see, you would see. Yeah, Desi, I was going to get there. His trash. name is not Singleton. It's Singleton. Desi, you're literally uh, gang Saquon. How could you oppose this? No, 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 but PC, PC, the, what no. the problem I have right here is, well, I'm not on show, I'm going to just say this, I'm going to let right. you finish it. Um, the, my problem, the only thing I wanted to say is y'all are missing the, what we need the most. He's saying we need a running back. No, we need a offensive line. No, you need <laughs> That's a running number- Bro, no. All right, you know what, Sean, just take over. Desi is 100% right. I could see Saquon Barkley leaving this offseason. I think it might make sense for him. It might even make sense for the Giants. Like I said in the Josh Jacobs segment, overpaying for running backs on their second contract almost never works out for that team. Even Christian McCaffrey was probably one of the better examples of a second contract running back working out. It's not like it worked out for the Panthers. It's working out for the 49ers, sure, who had to trade for him, but the Panthers, who gave him all that money, didn't really work out for them. So, letting Saquon walk could be the best thing for the New York Giants. If it happens, I certainly won't be upset. I'm not a big believer in paying running backs. I'm not a big believer in drafting the number two overall. I didn't want him drafted in the first place. So, if he walks, that's fine by me. As Desi was saying, I'm not sure if the Bills are the destination that makes the most sense. They have almost no cap space this offseason. I think they might even be in the negatives as of right now. They're, of course, going to be able to make the moves to open some up. But the money that they do open up, are they really going to want to spend on a running back that you can find in the draft, that you can find for cheap, like every team in the NFL does? Look at the Panthers. They traded Chris McCaffrey and signed Deont- had Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, who did perfectly fine in his absence. It's not hard to find a running back for cheap in the draft or in free agency. Why would the Bills spend $15 million a season on Saquon Barkley when, like you said and like Desi said, they need an offensive line, they need a defense, they need a pass rush, they didn't get any pressure on Joe Burrow, like you said. They need to focus on that, not paying a running back. So I, could I see Saquon leaving? Yes. Do I think that could be what's best for the Giants? Yes. Do I think the team that pays him might end up regretting it? Yes. Do I think that's going to the, be the Bills? Probably not would be my guess. Maybe the Dolphins, maybe some other team. But whatever team that does pay a running back, if it's like a super long term, like if it's more than three years, good luck. You're probably going to regret it. If it's for three years, if we get Saquon back for, I don't know, three years, $45 million, I'm fine with that. Longer than that, hard pass. See you later, Saquon. I'm rooting for, wherever, rooting for you wherever you go. Going into the Bills. And you, because Saquon is your whole offense, talking about, I don't care if he leaves. Saquon was your whole offense. You talk about, he certainly wasn't. Brian Dable and Mike no, Kafka Saquon were Saquon is offense. your whole offense. He was your whole we offense. We would still have Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. Oh, okay. still have Brian Dable's running all for, for all those touchdowns. All right, Sean. He's ah. putting him in position to run for those touchdowns, oh, yes. Position. It's not the talent of Saquon Barkley. Saquon's a great talent, but it's not like... But look at his stats without look at his stats <laughs> okay. the season before okay. without Brian Dable and look at his stats with Brian Dable. Being one of the best running backs in what the league. What did he do last season? Brian Dable. Brian Dable. Oh, what did he do last season? <laughs> running backs are replaceable. Running backs are scheme dependent. Saquon Barkley is a great player, one of the best running backs in the league. But paying him a lot of money for a long time will not work out. Will not make sense. Okay. All right, Sean. So who's get, who's going to carry the load on your offense if you if say a rookie running back, Daniel Jones, if he's back, it doesn't matter. It's not all about next season. It's hey, about the future. Jones. 
<laughs> Enjoy right. starting Tyler Huntley next season, Tolu. The report was certainly not 65 million. Can't wait, man. Can't wait, man. Can you, let's end the show. <laughs> man said Daniel Jones. We could if you stop talking. Thank you. All right. PC, your hot take of the week. I've been one of your better hot takes I've heard from you, Tolu. Um, so for my hot take this week, it is about the Super Bowl next year. Super Bowl 58. Um, so it's in Las Vegas next year. And, you know, it's funny enough that the Elimination Chamber was, uh, you know, this past weekend, uh, you know, for WWE because the next premium live event for them is WrestleMania. That is the biggest show of the year for them. Uh, You know, it's obviously a whole lot of storylines going on. Uh, And sometimes in wrestling, you have trilogies. You have these wrestlers that go at it for three matches and it could stretch out for a year or two years or however long the promotion wants them to do it. A uh, good example of this, Okada versus Omega. Um, you know, one of the most iconic trilogies in wrestling. You also had, uh, I can't really count as a trilogy because they faced off so many times, but John Cena versus uh, Randy Orton. Um, or, or John Cena versus Batista is a better, is a better comparison for that. Um, when you talk about the Philadelphia Eagles um, and the Kansas City Chiefs, I do think... We are going to see a rematch of Super Bowl 57 in Super Bowl 58. Um, that is my hot take. I think that this is a trilogy that we're going to see. I think this is something, this is a matchup that we're going to see for years to come where we are just in awe of what Patrick Holmes and Jalen Hurts is capable of doing on the field every single time. Uh, this is like, this is like Batman versus Superman, in my opinion. You know, this is the cold in uh calmness and and collective coolness of Jalen Hurts taking on the you know just amazing talent and and sparkle and dazzle and appeal of Patrick Mahomes so my hot take is that Super Bowl 58 is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles once again PC can I jump in as well as as we can meet and again like we can meet um, with Kansas City again it looked like I saw the schedule for next season and the following season. We play them in the regular season as well. So this could be a matchup that we could see a lot, really, for years to yeah. come. Yeah. Trilogy. Y'all know I'm not going with child biased opinions. So, you know, because, you know, my bills got something to it's say. About, about it's called hot take for a reason. It's called hot take for a reason. It's a call it take. I don't like that take. Take that one back. Nah, nah, and you know, hard. PC, me and you, we already on the outs because you got a problem with Roman, and I don't like that. I have a problem so. with Roman. I love Roman. I just but said it's time. No, it's not. It's not time. It's not time. You bias. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Bias. I know Roman Reigns is a hot man. Respectfully. It's Roman not Reigns even about hot. him being hot. Okay, like, I really, it, it, I truthfully love Roman Reigns. Like, everybody hates him. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I'm saying, like, not anymore. Like, all of that. I loved Roman. We care about Liv Morgan. We don't care about Roman Reigns. Liv Morgan is bae. Liv Morgan is the best female wrestler of all time. And she lost. And she lost. During Black History Month, please, 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 (laughs) please, have some shame.
have some shame. You ain't lie, but to have some shame, please. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this segment, guys. It's time for one final word from our main co-host, PC, with Cam's monologue. So, PC, I'm going to pass it over to you. Episode 112 is uh, officially in the books. So I want to thank everyone for coming out. As always, this week, make sure you go and follow our Twitter and Instagram at WHS underscore podcast, our YouTube and TikTok at We Hate Sports. Um, call up on, check up on, tell them that you love them, and stay hydrated, stay healthy. Um, and, you know, there's still a whole lot of illness going around. So make sure that you protect yourselves. Uh, so we talked about how All Star Game. Uh, this past weekend just it sucked um, and you know with the NFL officially in the offseason we had the MLB you know coming back in another month or two uh, but at least for right now there may seem like there's just nothing to watch but there is something to watch it's time that we start putting more light on the minor you know uh, promotions, the Meyer organizations that are trying to give us entertainment, like the XFL. The XFL came back this past weekend, and there was a game between St. Louis and Arlington, or it was St. Louis and San Antonio, that saw a 15 to 3 comeback in a minute 30 seconds in the four quarters, so St. Louis can pick up the victory because it's the XFL. The rules are much different there. Uh, you also have the USFL that's coming back in April. There's going to be plenty of football to watch over the course of the 365-day year. Uh, you also have the Arena Football League that is uh, coming back very soon as well. It's not coming back this year, but uh, is being revived uh, as it went down and shut down out of business because of COVID. Um, you know, even in the NBA, uh, you have the WNBA. The WNBA has always been treated like it's some sort of charity. And... I always hate that about the WNBA. You want to be respected among people. You want to be, you know, cherished among others. You want to actually bring in viewers to watch your product. It goes further than just expecting, uh, you know, something to be handed to you. Um, I, I forgot which player it was that explained it perfectly, but it all starts at the top. It all starts with marketing. It all starts with PR if you're in the WNBA. You cannot treat something like a charity. You cannot treat something like a child. You cannot treat something like it needs this to survive um, if you want to actually see it succeed. The WNBA has a lot of talented players in it, all right? A lot of players and a lot of faces that people already know. Candace Parker, Sue Bird, Liz Cambridge, uh, you also have uh, Kelsey Plum, Aja Wilson. There are many talented players in WNBA right now. They don't need the idea that, hey, my team or my organization needs to have this and that happen in order for us to keep surviving as an organization, for us to keep thriving as a team. Nobody is going to believe in that mentality. Nobody is ever going to appeal to that mentality. Nobody is ever going to buy into the WNBA if you continue to do that. Marketing is key. Stop treating yourselves like a market or stop treating yourselves like a charity. Start treating yourselves like a proper organization, like the XFL, like the USFL, like the AFL, Arena Football League, like the NFL and the MLB and the NBA. All these organizations you know, are treated 
as an organization, not as a charity. Uh, for the WNBA, I think that's what they need to do to at least get some people on their side because, you know, as women, they already have so much to deal with. And, you know, the at the end of the day, when you're being treated like an organization or when you're being treated like an organization, they're the misogynists and the people that just don't like women as a whole, the incels of the world, they're all going to be canceled out because there are people that are on your side. And trust me, there are players and people all around the world that are on the women's side in the WNBA. But you need to start treating yourselves as a organization, a proper one, not a charity. That's what I got this week. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully I'll be in much better shape. I know this was kind of a uh, quick episode. Uh, you've been catching up, but um, yeah, like I said, uh, I've been a bit under the weather. TK is hanging out with family this week, so that's why you can hear him this week. Um, but yeah. Also, I want to point out uh, something that Sean mentioned in his hot take. You know, you said that you never wanted to draft Saquon with the second overall pick. So when Sean says that about his running back, why does everybody always slander me for saying that I thought that the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts was a stupid pick? What are we doing? What? You know, you know, you know what? That, that's all I got this week. Goodbye.